As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Oh, we're snapping now. I can't snap. I, I like I... Oh, don't stop. <laughs> I only got one hand because I'm holding the mic with the other hey, but one. I've, so I've, I've, I am let's... not able to snap. I cannot Go. snap. I'm actually better with my left hand. It's a it's a hole in uh, of all the many things I can't do. That's one. Try, try that third finger, Mo. I'm on the third. The it just. Are we gonna doesn't... congratulate Mo on the pod? No. Congratulations, Hello and welcome to the Athletic NBA Show. It's Friday. I'm Dave DeFore. That's Mo Keel and that's Seth part now. So of course, this is Nerder. She wrote, "Guys, we are in what feels like month 31 of the Damian Lillard trade saga." And the hits just keep on coming. We get wild quote after wild quote from Damian Lillard. It seems by the day trying to discourage teams other than the Miami Heat to trade for him. And I think we've got to just unpack this once and for all because this has been going on for a long time. You could argue it's been going on since before Damian Lillard signed that extension that keeps coming up. I don't think you can argue it hasn't been. Right. I think that, it's, it's, it's that very clearly the, has. kind of key component of this. Yeah. So how did we get here in the first place, guys? I mean, it, this is, it seems like the Portland Trailblazers lack direction for the last few years. Let's zoom all the way out. Um, a uh, friend of the show, Danny LaRue, likes to say that ownership is the biggest advantage in professional sports. Um. Paul Allen, who was a very invested, both financially, emotionally, like attention wise, was uh, died about five years ago. And since then, the team has kind of been in limbo. And when you reach a point where you have to make a choice and pick a direction as a franchise, not having that guidance from on high sort of leaves a vacuum. And then you get into situations where there's competing agendas and and eventually probably just stasis and inertia. And so the Blazers had choices to make that they just kind of didn't make and let stuff bubble along. I mean, Seth used a lot of big words there, so I'm not really prepared for that. Um, the, 
I, the, the choices and stuff is just like, I look at it in a couple of ways. One, they, they screwed up. They should have traded Dame last offseason. Not this summer. They shouldn't have waited till Dame made a trade demand. I understand. Franchise player, face of the franchise, the city absolutely adores him until he makes a trade demand. But the whole deal was they should have traded him last year. And there's so many different reasons beyond the, uh, the, uh, the obvious they would have avoided this current situation that they're in now. But I just think the, the market was there last year. It's not there this year. And I think that's an ultimate thing there, but that's a choice they made, right? And the same way that they made the choice of signing the extension, now he's tied to them and, and they get to decide his future. And he's doing, as Dave said, his best job to muck it up for any other team that wants to trade him. He's doing all he can to, to ensure he's getting what he wants, which is to go to Miami. And I think that's been, um, I know a lot of people aren't, don't like it. That's just the way this goes in that sense is like, you got to be a dick and he's I, I, doing it. I think to be fair, none of this has actually come out of his mouth. It's been pretty uh, inelegant attempts sort of by, you know, you, through media and representation and stuff like that. Uh, promising things that nobody actually believes about a guy who's like built his career around professionalism and leadership that he's going to just not show up. Yeah, but I think no, his, nobody, nobody buys that. But I think his comment of, you know, in a perfect world, I'd be a blazer, but they want different things than I do is is that came out of his mouth on on his podcast tour as he's trying to pump up his album or whatnot. But I think that's kind of an important thing there. Right. Like that's that's a, a, a note there of what he's saying of like, they don't want what I want. Otherwise, I'd want to stay a blazer the rest of my life. So I think that's kind of an important note. And that came straight from his mouth in that regard. But I think you're right in that nobody believes he's not showing up to camp. But if he doesn't, Seth, oh, man, our content. Oh, baby, the content we'd get to throw out there uh, after that. I think it's boring if he doesn't show up to camp. I think it's way it's way better if he shows up to camp and, and does the whole, like, I'm a dog thing and just like, all right, let me take the bench guys and, you know, destroy the starters, go total Jimmy Butler. But I want to get back to how we got here. Okay, so ownership, obviously, you know, Paul Allen dies. Uh, his sister kind of takes over stewardship of the team. We all assume the team is going to sell at some point. Uh, Neil O'Shea was still the GM, but they make the move. You know, they fire Neil. They move on from Neil and, and they hire Joe Cronin. And it didn't seem like they really interviewed a lot of people. Joe Cronin gets the job and uh, basically just acquiesces the everything to Damian Lillard here, right? So you sign this this extension. We go into the summer. Uh, the assumption is that the Trailblazers have made a promise to Dame that they are going to try to field a more competitive roster. They signed Jeremy Grant minutes into free agency to Oof. a massive contract, which, you know, we can assume was something that they promised ahead of time. And it kind of, Shot their team building opportunities in the foot, Mo. No, I mean that. I mean the the mistakes that they've made even before that. Like, let's just go to the. They held on to CJ way too long in the CJ McCollum Damian Lillard backcourt when we all were pretty clear. Hey, this isn't going to work. It was pretty obvious, and I think they held on too long, two years longer than they should have in that regard. They didn't learn from that. And I, I, I think Neil was Neil was the GM for the long time during that period. 
But Cronin was there on the staff. They didn't learn from that mistake, and then they held on to Dame way too long and are doing the same thing now with Dame in, in that regard. And then they give this ridiculous contract to Grant when this is a team that should be tanking. The moment they got the third pick in the draft, their path should have been very clear. Hey, Dame, let's work with you. We want to, we, we're we're going we're gonna to tank. Let's work with you. Hey, Grant, let's, let's try to find a sign and trade for you, Jeremy, because like things change. We're not going to, we just doesn't work for us. We're going to be bad for a while and we're going to invest in our young guys in scoot in uh sharp and, and, and build from there. And I think that's the, the, the mistakes that they've made. And I think those are the things that have, have really kind of led to this stuff, but the mismanagement of just the team, team building started with Neil and it's continued with Cronin. Like it's not, it's continued on and they're just, it's almost like a tradition now in Portland. I think again, this gets back to the ownership situation really, because that decision to, okay, we're going to do this to, to then we're going to go under to then rise back up. That's a call that, uh, let's put it this way. If I'm the person who's, who's, uh, suggesting that, and it's my job on the line. I want to make sure that like my job is that this is yes, no, you're executing the plan we agreed on rather than sort of freelancing it. And there's nobody there to make a decision. So or, or nobody at the wheel to make a decision. So you just sort of, well, let's bobble along and keep making the playoffs and no one will notice. And I get to stay here and keep doing these things. And eventually you inertia your way into a team that, as you say, Mo, just doesn't work. I mean, I think it, this team probably you know, I think it's the, the, the backcourt and also probably gets back to, to when, when Nurkic got, got right. seriously injured the first time. I think, honestly, that was probably that you can work everything else around, but maybe. But that was sort of that you just you're just working against too many different things when you have a center who's just not there defensively anymore and a small, poor defensive backcourt and all your money is tied up in there. There's just too much to, to overcome there. It's this is going to be a weird reference here but it's the movie gladiator at the very beginning when when maximus is with his generals and they're going up against the army in germania and you know they're all screaming and the the general turns to maximus and says like some people should know when they're defeated you know and he looks at him and goes would you would i you know it's it's they didn't see the board they didn't see they already lost a long time ago in the situation, in their team building, and they didn't have the foresight to start playing. Now, they've lucked into some amazing things. Sharp, great draft pick. I'm not as high on him as everybody else, but still, solid pickup. Scoot, getting the third pick this year was was awesome for them. It worked out great for them. They've lucked into these things, and now they need to make smart decisions with that. As you said, Seth, it is comes down to ownership, kind of saying, hey, like, all right, we're okay with tanking with all that stuff, but we don't know who's going to be the owner in two years. I think the ultimate thing, though, is the biggest mistake, and this happens across the league with every team, every GM, happens with coaches as well. Trying to protect your job is how you lose your job a lot of times. GMs have a longer lifespan, but trying to protect your job, trying to make the decisions based on my long-term career versus the, the, the future of the team constantly leads to big mistakes. Well, okay, so let's talk about just sort of the current environment because that, that to me, is an important point. The Miami Heat, as far as we know publicly, are the only real suitor. Uh, you know, there's been some buzz that maybe Toronto has kicked the tires, but there's also a lot of, a lot of talk that Portland's not even taking calls, really, 
right now. So uh, it seems like they're willing to let this play out a little bit. But at what point does Joe Cronin, <laughs> is he supposed to sacrifice his own job just because Damian Lillard is somehow owed something by the Portland Trailblazers? Now, I, I would argue that the, the Trailblazers owe him the money that's on the contract. But placing him with a team that he wants to be with, okay, I mean, you got to make the best deal for the Blazers. But Joe Cronin, if he just makes this Miami deal, is that signing his, uh, you know, his termination papers? Can I be honest? Yeah. Those papers have already been signed. There's going to be a new ownership coming in. Those papers are already signed. He's proven he can't run this team. They've Besides drafting well, they haven't built a good team. Is it unfair? Yeah, that's the fucking business. His papers have already been signed. So, like, it doesn't matter. And the other thing, too, they've already won the trade. They have the guy. They have Scoot. They've already won the trade. Seth? Seth. So, that's that's not where I was going to go. But I think that, that there's there's almost an interesting game of telephone here where different people can be in the same conversation and hear different things. It's like... Here's where I want to go. Okay, we'll work with you. Now, I'm saying, you know, A, we'll do everything we can. And if it's a, if it's close, we'll get you where you want to go. But we're not. And again, I'm, I don't know. This is the conversation that happened, but it seems a reasonable way for it to have gone. On the other side, it's like, oh, yeah, they're going to get, they're going to get me where I want to go. And the same people come out of that conversation. And it, and it seems like there's probably some degree of nastiness that has crept into this because of of the same words meaning different things to, to different people. Um, you know, uh, far be it for executives in any industry to figure out how to uh, I- I employ words that give them wiggle room and what they've actually, uh, what they've actually promised, what they've actually right. committed to. Um, so I think that there's a little bit of that going on here. I, I also though, but like, and just the whole thing of like, should he fall on his sword and trade Dame to Miami? What are the other offers? Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Like that's that's just, a, I like, think that's a separate question, though, I think. But, but no, no, but, but no, but I don't know if it is, Seth, in the sense of like, it's not like he has other offers. Other teams aren't beating him down, beating down the door with take all our draft picks, take our three best young players. Like, yeah, if he gets that, I'm like, yeah, it's, they beat Miami's offer. What? There's nothing Miami could do. He had to take that offer. My point is, nobody's really making other offers, and part of that is because Dame has done a phenomenal job with him and his his agent and and the whole thing to muck it up. Where hey, he only wants to go to Miami. There was a there wasn't a quote, but there was a story in the Miami Herald yesterday where it said, hey, 
if Dame gets traded to another team, he's immediately going to request a trade to Miami when he goes to the new team. So it's like, you know, there's the teams are concerned that that's exactly what's going to happen. So like my point is, it's not about him falling on the sword or whatnot. There's simply nobody else making calls. We can come up with our million fake trades that we've heard over the summer. None of them actually matter if nobody actually calls them. And if they're not taking calls, like, what are we doing? So I think we were, we were, we've talked about, you know, for this season, we're, we want to do some, some like recurring segments. And one of them is something we've done uh, frequently anyway, which is the pushback. And so I'm going to, I'm going to push back to Mo a little bit, uh, throw his own words from, from before the show in his face a little bit. I don't know how much the, the messaging actually has mattered in Miami being the only team involved here. You went through the other, like some uh, before the show we were talking about, it's like who else actually makes sense? Like Toronto, if they're, if like, does it make sense for Toronto? If does it make sense from Toronto's end if they include Scotty Barnes? Probably not. Does it make sense from Portland's end if they don't? Probably not. Who else is out there that it actually like makes sense to? That's the 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 the, the aspect of this trade that's that's been so weird and is another sort of game of telephone. Is um, like Miami people are rightly pointing out, like, hey, you're going nowhere. There's no other suitors. You 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 need to you need to move on from this guy and. Uh, you know, Portland people are saying, hey, that offer is not good enough for what he's going to give you. And I think both are kind of right because Damian Lillard is so much more valuable in a basketball sense on a team like Miami than for where Portland is right now. And how we, we like split that difference is sort of that's how the negotiation ends up working out. I think that's why it's how trades can be win win is if the player is the, the, the one group is more valuable in another place. But like, where do we draw that line? Who wins the negotiation? Who wins the leverage battle? Also, Lillard on the Blazers actively works against their interests for this season. That's what I mean. Yeah. Right? So you cannot, and this is where there's a little bit of, I mean, it's great sales technique by uh, Miami Media, which we'll get to, by Damian Lillard, because they are, they, they have, are, they've set a deadline, right? The start, training camp is really, oh, you got to get me somewhere by training camp. And so you're trying to speed up this process, apply pressure. Because the truth is, like, they they shouldn't want him in camp because they shouldn't want him on the roster day one because every minute he plays gives them more of a chance to win any given night. And they cannot rest him now because the new player rest policy, like, you can't just send a guy home, I'm assuming. Um, so if he's got on the team, he's got to play. Well, yeah, we talked uh, on yesterday's uh, Athletic NBA show with Jeff Stotts about uh, massaging the injury report. But I, I do think that there is like, there's a bit of like good sales technique here, applying the pressure and, and trying to set some deadlines. I mean, forget about him helping them win games. Cause I mean, granted he, he missed a lot of games the past two years. And that's the reason why they've, they've tanked. Well, they they're shut him just, down too, but they're also, but they're also not good. Like right. even with him out there, it's just not a good team. I don't know if it helps them win, but what it does take away is minutes from guys like scoop takes the ball out of Scoot's hands, takes opportunities out of Sharp's hands, and all those things. But I want to go back to one thing. Let's go to the Miami offer, because I don't think it's as bad as everybody makes it out to be. I really don't. Like, everybody's going completely nuts about it. Get the picks. Get the picks that are in the future. When my when Dame is 35, when Jimmy's 35, like, it, it, when this team is old, like, put yourself in a good position with draft picks and whatnot, and draft equity, which eventually you can use, forget about making the pick, use them in a trade down the road, 
when they're when they're valuable. And I think that's the stuff there. I mean, it's like I think we're going way too far with this stuff. Like they're not getting a Kevin Durant return for Damian Lillard because he's not as good as Kevin Durant and he doesn't have even even touched the levels that KD has touched. Okay, it's he's going to get a step higher than Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie did not go for that much when you look at the deal, really. I, I looked at it recently, and we know all the stuff with Kyrie. But one unprotected first-round pick, two second-round picks, and Dorian Finney-Smith. I think they're going to do better than that. I think the Miami offer is better than that, even. But, like, it's not going to be much more. And I don't. Th- I think that's something that people have to understand realistically about the trade value. I mean, uh, so the Miami offer, uh, it seems like one of the big sticking points is Tyler Hero. And I, from what I understand, I think Portland wants to bring in another team and which that whatever, Fine. but the Miami picks themselves guys, I, I, I think if I'm a team and I'm looking at the Miami heat and I'm looking at their history and how they always remain competitive and I'm getting a bunch of first round picks in the future, I'm not, those picks aren't as valuable as, you know, the Charlotte Hornets sending me picks. Or the the Timberwolves sending me picks, so I I do think that there is a little bit of you know not all first round picks are created equal, Mo right? Like and Jovic no. is in it. He's an intriguing player, but wh- who is he? What is he? We don't know yet. Those those picks are not exactly that's those are not gold bars. So I it's interesting that that Mo made the comparison to Kyrie Irving because the more natural comparison, just when we consider his age, his injury history, he's a better player unquestionably, but between age, injury, history, and contract, Bradley Beal is the is the more is the more natural. Now that's obscured a little bit because uh not just sort of a, a sort of an announcement of a of a of a I choose my trade destination, but an actual like contractual no trade clause sort of clouds that a little bit. And so I think if they got if they got the equivalent of what uh <laughs> of you know what what uh Brooklyn got for for Kyrie, I think they would do have done fantastically well. Um, and I, cause I think that, you know, we see the picks and the swaps, uh, and it seems like more, but to your point, Dave, I think that, that history has shown kind of like Lakers picks, heat picks are, are maybe a little bit of a mirage in terms of actually how valuable they turn out to be. Yeah, that's, we got to stop that. Cause I think that's bullshit and I'm sorry with that, but with, with both of your guys' opinion on this, this, this heat team eventually is going to fall off. When you think about the contracts that they got to pay out on these guys. Right, Dame. The well, Damian of money Lillard, he's... that contract in two years. What's that going to look like? Right, like he's As he's thirty three years old going into this season, and, and same for Jimmy. Four years left on the deal. Same for Jimmy's. That te- that's going to age. Also, how long is Patrick Riley hanging around? And Patrick. I mean, like the, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, it, you went whole first name. I mean, but like the the whole thing though is like we just keep saying like they've always been this. So they're never going to be bad. Yo, that's bullshit. I mean, this less likely to be bad. I mean, you know, like, no, listen, but I, I mean, like it's, 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 it's coming for them. This deal for them for Dame is a two year run. That's it. And that's why Dame, that's why Dame only makes sense at so many teams. Cause you have to believe you can win a championship with Damian Lillard. He's your missing piece that he can get you a championship either this coming season or the next one. Cause the tax bill's coming. And I think that's an important aspect that we just kind of keep ignoring. And so when we talk about the picks aren't going to be that valuable, I go, bullshit, I think they're going to be bad in a few years. I think this this edges into sort of another complication uh, in this, which sort of, you know, I think we're all going to go round and round and switch sides on this like several different times. 
because we've all taken every side of, of each argument. My favorite thing here. to do. But, but uh, um, in a way, part of Portland's negotiating strategy, such as it is, has been, well, that deal's always going to be there. And now I think Miami probably sees what you see, and then they look and see, well, hold on. We've got a pretty good team now. We wait a minute. People always want to come to Miami because it's Miami and we're the heat and we have, we have a, a certain aura about us, a certain culture, if you will. Uh, there's some pretty big names who are younger, better, bigger. Um, so at a certain point, does the at, at what point does do, do they is that leverage they can apply? Hey, do this now or we'll wait. We're, we're pretty good. We've made the finals a couple times with what we got. Uh, you do your thing and then we'll trade for Embiid or Giannis in a year. Um, and that and that's sort of a that is a a complicating factor that has only recently like crested the horizon. I think. Well, and those two guys in particular are definitely part of why you there are no offers outside of yeah, Miami, right. That's why teams are going. Hey, let's just save our stuff for the younger guys, the bigger guys. You know, the one guy who won an MVP, the one who won two and a championship. Let's go save it for those guys. And who, by the way, not going to probably fall off a cliff in the next two or three years. You know, knock on wood, injury-wise, who knows. Um, but in that sense, just, you know, age makes a difference in all of that stuff. Like, I honestly, I thought Portland's handling of the situation of from when the trade demand went out was poor. Because, again, it allowed Miami to see the market. Listen, all last season, all last offseason, I was convinced Donovan Mitchell's going to be a Nick. I was massively wrong, right? A suitor came out of nowhere, and it's possible that happens again. But I don't know. Donovan Mitchell might be a Nick. Yeah. It still might be a Nick, right? (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I don't know. I just don't see it. And I think this, if if a new suitor was going to come along, they would have come already. And they've already would have given Portland the offer they want. The idea that this offer is always going to be there, and let's wait and see how the season goes, because there's always a surprise team and a team that's going to feel like they can make a run at it. There's also not a lot of teams that have a ton of assets. They missed the window to trade Dame. They could have traded him last year to Minnesota before they, if they made this demand last year, or they said, hey, we're going to move Dame last year. Minnesota might have taken a look at that before Gobert and making that stupid-ass offer. And by the way, just because Minnesota makes a dumb-ass offer doesn't mean the other teams have to do so as well. People need to understand that in, in that regard. I think, you know, the the Donovan Mitchell trade, maybe that maybe that would have been a Damian Lillard trade. You know, like they've there's not a lot of teams that have all of that. And now as Seth said, Giannis is on the horizon. And we saw what happened last time. Giannis was potentially not gonna sign the contract extension. It froze everything for two years. Everybody just waited. Same thing well with them be, depending on how this Harden thing shakes out. You know, you joked about it, Dave, but shit, man, what happens if Luka Doncic demands a trade? We're not far from that. Like there's, I mean, it kicks Dame down further and further away and it lowers the value again. Don't get like us I, aggregated, Mo. <laughs> it's a goal. What are you talking about? Yeah. It's a goal. That's all we I want. just want the AI overlords to choose us. So I, I guess realistic expectations, guys. Um do we expect Damian Lillard to to be a a member of the Miami Heat by training camp? I think during training camp. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, 
everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. What a long pause. Seth, no, Seth, I, Seth, I, Seth I, did no, a full just, Stevie Wonder there for wow. those who aren't watching. Did the whole. <laughs> it, I I mean, it's just like you start to like you. you, you this is it's the this song is the, that never ends. Right. This now. is the the hard part of it's 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 like the the old the older John Collins saga. Um, but this is the this is sort of the hard part of it is because we often like talk about these things as is it's like a almost like a single period game. Like we, we, we play this once and everyone makes their best trade and move on. It's like, well, I'm measuring what is now, what is six months from now, what is 12 months from now, and then sort of calculating. And, and, you know, there's probably a lot of, uh, understandings behind the scenes that we're not privy to that allow a team that is diligent in, in surveying the landscape to know, all right, let me just throw a number out there. Say there's a, like, is, do we do this trade now or a, a one third chance of Giannis in a year? Which yeah. which is better for us? Right. I mean, it's pretty Giannis. obvious to me. Yeah. I, I, I oh well no, but considering like we are a we we think that if we if if your evaluation is we're a championship level team for the next two years if we make this trade, then that suddenly becomes a lot more. Do we punt right. on that on on one year of that years, or, or 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 the possibility? Do, like, right. Yeah. yeah. No. And this is and this is this is something that sort of gets I think lost in a lot of conversations. Is we tend to our time horizons tend to be like right now and five years from now, and the, that 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 stuff that happens in between we kind of yada yada over. And it's just like, well, you know, we could win a title in there. Like, do do is it is that worth? Is like the you know the next two years sort of it's it's the Richard Lewis rule. Remember when Richard Lewis signed as a free agent with Orlando? Everyone's like, man, that's a terrible contract, and the back end of it was. But they were they made the finals and were the best team in the league before Dwight Howard hurt his back the next two years. It's just like, okay, the back end sucked, but that that deal worked. And so that, measuring that like not even now, but measuring like the next little bit against beyond is what makes it complicated and fascinating. And just adding in the wrinkle of well, there are there are gonna guys who are gonna be on the clock, we're pretty sure coming up now. Is just a just a whole new wrinkle to this. That's sort of is is kind of the next turn of the wheel of this endless saga. I'm gonna yeah, go out I'm, on a limb, guys, and I, I'm gonna say training camp starts in like a little less than two weeks. I think this trade gets done in the next twelve days. I think the the influx of just the latest amount of news feels like there is something that's gonna come. It, it had been dead all summer, like, and then just I, late latest amount oh, sorry, of stuff ahead. like just, just more like 
oh, there's another team. Oh, like there's there's smoke with these. Like there's becoming. There's more so and more. many podcasts now, uh, that are you know what I mean that no, no, that's just lower to go on. Let's let's just take let's just talk about our our media brethren and us included. We just want content. Like let's we're just firing away. Like I I think it doesn't get. I think I think inertia wins. Oh no, I think that's that's at this point. I think that 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 inertia wins. They're like. As Mo said, that like the alignment of the window of when it should have happened from both sides has maybe the ships may have passed in the night. This is a common mistake teams make in terms of just holding on to their guys too long. I mean, this isn't this isn't a Portland specific problem. This is every team has done this with guys. We 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 love our guy too much. We never trade him. We never sell high. We waited a year too long, and now Evan Fournier goes for two second-round picks, right? Whereas, like, if you trade him a year or two earlier, maybe you get a first-round pick for it. Like, it's, it's, those are the mistakes teams make all the time. And I think this is one of those things. And, it, like, it wouldn't shock me, Seth, if Inertia wins on this, and they don't trade Dame until maybe they wait for a long time and go into that. But, like, the, um, I think the, it would be a mistake for them. And I think the important lesson should be Utah last year. Right. And like, yo, clearing the way, moving Donovan Mitchell and clearing the way for all those young guys to just go play and not have to deal with this all training camp matters. And every, it, listen, I've had people push back and say, oh, Scoot's, oh, Scoot's not going to be a good player now because of this. It's not the point. You're delaying it. You're delaying the opportunities and things like that. And now he's got to deal with training camp. How's your relationship with you and Dame? Do you guys talk about this? What's this, this and that? What do you think? Da 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 It drives these dudes nuts. It's a distraction. It doesn't need to be. And I think that would be a mistake. And it's going to be Dame. Whatever Dame says something, they're going to go running to Chauncey with it. They're going to go running to, to Scoot with it. Going to go running to whoever else is talking. Dame said this. What do you feel? Like that's just a distraction. They're they're creating the the issue there, in that sense. And like everybody talks about Daryl Morey holding Ben Simmons, that was an entirely different scenario. And the reason why was the trade he had to make had to keep Joel Embiid happy. The trade Joe Cronin has to make right now is just hey, let's just make sure we have assets and let's clear the way for guys. To bring it full circle. Who is he? Who is that trait? Who does he need to make happy with that trait? <laughs> and and there's and there's like, you know, there okay, the, like people like that. One of the like the, one of the dumber talking points about this as well. Like you know, Scoot and Shaden Sharp are going to see how that. You're like, okay, you've got five years till that matters, and memories are short. So that's that. Like you can put like a, aside from like extreme levels of skullduggery, you can put that aside. So really, the audience for this is largely like ownership, but. That's that that that's sort of the the Mario Brothers question block again, and so like how do you like how do you answer that question if you don't know who to ask? Yeah, which we, which we know brings me back to why request is coming. It's it's a year after he signs his last supermax, just like everybody else. Like this is like this is the system. This is this is exactly what built. we've been expecting. Yeah. For how long have we talked about guys are going to sign the supermax and then demand a trade almost immediately after they sign? Like this is this is the the this is more of a problem. People who are upset about this, this is an NBA issue. They created this with the supermax and all that stuff. 
and things that go with it. And I think that's part of the the issues that we've been expecting this shit for a long time. And we've yeah. been expecting a Dame trade for two years now. <laughs> um, before we wrap up, you guys have anything else you want to get off your chest uh, before before we go away for two weeks? Yeah, both fan bases, Miami fan bases, Portland fan bases. Chill the f*** out. You guys are screaming constantly at each other. You scream at anybody who comes in with a differing opinion towards you. Let me put it very simply and clear to you. The Portland Trailblazers do not owe it to Dame to trade him wherever he wants. Okay? But, uh, Portland fans, lower your expectations because you guys are being wildly unrealistic with what you think you should be getting for Damian Lillard. Miami fans, let's be honest. It's a good package, not a great package. So chill out. Everybody, just relax, man. This whole summer has been everybody screaming. Do you remember how the, the argument of who's better, Tyler Hero versus Tyrese Maxey? I feel like I've aged five years. I had to go on vacation for two weeks to just get away from it. Yeah, there was a whole thing about it earlier in the summer. It was, you, you were busy off gallivanting, Dave. Um, you know, it's, it's Undisclosed just, location. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the it's just everybody, just relax, man. Portland fans, you're in a great position after this trade. I'm just letting you know this. Doesn't matter what you get back. You have your young star. You have a young star that you should be excited about. You know, and and there's a there's a small core there being built that that should be getting you should get a little bit pumped up and excited to watch. Okay? Miami fans, relax, man. Pat Riley's got this. And if it's not Dame, they'll find a way to get somebody else. I've got a shorter thing I'm looking forward to and and Mo sort of <laughs> touched on it. Um how long until we start to uh, kind of cast sideways glances at Charlotte for their their draft selection here? Because I don't think Scoot should have made it to three. But anyway, that's definitely. that's, that's when actual bas- yeah, when actual not. basketball that, starts. We, that's what I'm looking for is, is actual that's basketball what we're starting. Look at, yeah, and, well, re- and wondering basketball. how far into the season we get before we're like, Ooh, yeah, I'm so ready. I'm so ready for some basketball. Euroleague starts up in a little over two weeks, so I'm pumped for that. NBA back in a little over a month. Feel it. Got it. Uh, for Mo Dekeel and Seth Part now, I'm David Ford, and this has been Nerder, she wrote, on The Athletic Aviation. <laughs>